The last words of any man are significant, but how much more when those last words are spoken by the God-man, the Lord Jesus? In today's study, we visit the cross and listen to the final words of Christ spoken just before his death. You will find that they hold tremendous truth and application for all of us who live on this side of the cross. Open your Bible and let's join Scott Pauley now at Calvary. Men die as they live. And that's why last words are so important because they reveal what was important to that person. I remember reading the story of a man who had been in the restaurant business all of his life and had established restaurants all over the country. And on his deathbed, he was whispering something and his family leaned over to hear what it was that daddy wanted to say. And they heard him say, slice the ham thin. Well, obviously, the man had been pretty consumed with his work, I would say. When you come to the last words of the Lord Jesus, his words are indeed connected to his work. And so today, I'd like to connect in your thinking two of the last words of Christ. Now, it'll take us a little while to study both of them, but connect these two in your thinking. Uh, the first is found in Matthew chapter 27. Uh, verse number 46 says, In about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I think that may be one of the saddest and most sobering expressions in Scripture. In fact, I don't know of a sadder word than forsaken. And at that moment, the Son had been forsaken by the Father. It's the first time we see our Lord Jesus not refer to him as the Father, just as my God. And there's darkness, and it's not just physical darkness. It is, it is a literal spiritual darkness that comes over the cross. And so here is his darkest moment in this cry. Uh, the second cry that I want to connect in your thinking is in Luke 23 and verse 46. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. So in one, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And in that same hour, because the Bible says in Luke 23, it was when the sun was darkened, at the same hour, he cries again with a loud voice, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. We, we really look here at his darkest moment and then his final moment. And both of them are full of profound truth and application for all of us who want to take up our cross and follow the Lord Jesus. So let's examine both of them, shall we? What do we learn? Uh, you know, really, we, we move here from the why to the what. You remember in the first one, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And in the last one, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. We move from the why to the what. I don't know about you, but it encourages me to know that even the lovely, perfect Son of God on the cross ask why. There are times in all of our lives that it seems all we can do is just ask, why, Lord? Why are we going through this? Why do I have this to deal with? And yet, isn't it beautiful that as surely as he cries out why, he can immediately turn around and say, Father, I commend it all into your hands. Uh, maybe the real question is not why. We don't always know the answer to that. 
maybe the real question is what should we do at that moment? At that moment, we should cast all into our Heavenly Father's hands. Isn't it wonderful to know? Remember earlier in our study, uh, the early cry from the cross, Jesus cried out, Father, forgive them. And at the end, Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. It's wonderful to know that though there was a moment where God the Father turned his back on his own son, the son still had utter confidence in the love and power and eternal purpose of the Father that he could leave all in the Father's hands. Maybe that's what you need to do today. Maybe today you need to move from the why to the what. So let's make that progression. Let's, let's take Matthew 27, 46, and then Luke 23, 46, and let's move from the first to the second. What do we learn? Well, first of all, we see something here about Christ's separation and our reconciliation. Why did Christ have to be separated from God the Father? This is a, this is a deep theological discussion, frankly, because God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have been in eternal, unbroken oneness from eternity past, and yet there is this moment on the cross when the lovely Son of God cries out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I want to tell you that this divine separation was for the purpose of divine reconciliation. Jesus Christ was forsaken so that you and I would never be forsaken. He took darkness so we could have light. He took death so we could have life. He took sin so we could take his righteousness. He took hell so we could take heaven. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, and says that he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Think of this. Jesus Christ had already known what it was like to be forsaken by men. He had had a lot of that all through his life and ministry, but now he is forsaken by God. The one who had lived in unbroken fellowship and loving unity from eternity past, only he truly knows what it is to be God-forsaken. People use that expression, something or someone being God-forsaken. Friend, the only person that really has experienced what it means to be God-forsaken is the Lord Jesus because he took all of hell for all of humanity in a moment of time. And why did he do that? So that you and I would never be forsaken. That's how he can say in Hebrews 13, verse number 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. See, you couldn't claim that promise if Jesus had not died in your place. Do you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus looked into that cup said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Well, Jesus drank that cup. He drank all the dregs of your suffering and your, your sin and your hell and judgment so that you could then take the cup of salvation so that you could be his forever. Think of these words, my God, my God, uh, the most intense and the most intimate language at the same time. Why? because this is an expression of the most intense suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then, my God, my God, why hast thou, what, forsaken me? Uh, literally, he was forsaken so we could be brought near. This is the moment of divine reconciliation for humanity. By the way, this expression can be found in Psalm 22. You remember in Psalm 22, 
This same expression is found. So it was prophetic. It was about the Lord Jesus Christ. When he spoke these words, he was fulfilling prophecy, and ultimately, most of all, praise God, he was fulfilling God's great plan. Let me give you a verse from the Old Testament book of Habakkuk. May I? All Scripture connects. Listen to Habakkuk chapter 1, verse number 13. Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. That's why God the Father turned away. At that moment, the Son had become our sin. At that moment, God the Father could not look upon sin, and he turns his back. But Jesus was separated so we could be reconciled. Move from the why to the what. From why he was forsaken to what we receive. What do we receive? We receive a full salvation. Would you just pause today and thank Jesus for what he endured so that now you can enjoy everlasting life. Can you hear the cries from the cross? In each of these Holy Spirit-inspired words, God has a message for us. We hope that through this study, you will come to know and love the Lord Jesus in a deeper way. For more information on a personal relationship with Christ or for helpful devotional resources, please visit us at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will have access to hundreds of articles, full-length Bible messages, and the complete Enjoying the Journey broadcast library. Remember that only as you follow God's Word will you find Christ's joy. Thank you.